1: three two one and hey Julie we're back
2: yes that's right looking forward to the continuation of what to do about this whole thing
1: that's right so uh, the title of today's show and this is part two make sure you listen to part one is real estate crash here question mark what you must do now and what we're doing is we're sharing with you 14 action items that all of you should be doing in your real estate businesses effective immediately. Um, I think yesterday we left off on point five, And opposed to spending a lot of time talking about the headlines and whatnot, uh, it's safe to say as the days pass that the news coming out is going to get worse and worse before it gets better. Um, And do strap yourself in for a bumpy ride, (laughs) because it's going to be probably months before we're not going to be hearing about the coronavirus everywhere and anywhere we go. The draconian measures that the government's going to be putting in place to limit, um, frankly, our liberties and travel and things of that nature are just going to get more severe and more worse um, as we progress through um, this the peak of the virus. So just get ready for that. And on a, a good news, I put that in quotes, there looks to be a stimulus package that's going to be translated or going to mean two to three thousand dollars some are saying maybe more they're going to be sent to every single american that looks like something that's going to happen in the next two weeks so there's going to be literal checks in the mail from the u.s government to everyone in the country it's not the first time that they've done that um i think it was george bush the second uh sent out six hundred dollars as part of some stimulus i don't remember the whole thing i think it actually happened after that but Before, it was in the form of a tax credit, but now it's literally going to be in the form of cash. And there's going to be other things, too. Um, Our theory that they're going to be shutting down the airports in major cities, uh, we are still sticking with that. It does appear that it's going to be true. Um, Actually, I had a listener. um, Let me find this, Julie. You can Mm -hmm. do a little bit of talking as I find this text. I had somebody that actually told us that it's legal uh, based on – hold on. Let me find it. Jilly, Yes. Fill in the gap.
2: I wasn't sure where you're going with that. Okay. So uh, just reminding you guys, we're going to start on point number six about our 14 point plan here. So if you missed points one through five, so we don't have to reiterate. Oh, I found to it. Go to realestatecoachingradio.com and get caught up. Okay. Now you're back. All
1: right. So what we were talking about on the podcast yesterday, um, one of our listeners, actually Kevin Cottrell actually uh, sent me the actual information. So evidently there's an act in place it's the posse comma or something in latin comma camietas act that restricts domestic military action been in the book since uh, 1878 other than katrina with the Army Corps, no president has ever uh, suspended it. We may see the first instance now, based on on his personal contacts. So, what he is suggesting, um, and he went on to tell me more details, and I don't want to say what he said because he was uh, telling me where he'd heard it from. He has friends in the government, but what it appears to be happening is they seem to be laying the groundwork in case there needs to be. Um, actual internment camps set up. I know that sounds crazy and let's hope it is, but that's what he is surmising that in other people as well, that there's going to be camps that are going to be set up. They're going to be controlled by the U.S. uh, military. And in those camps, what they're going to do is essentially quarantine people that are then going to be given higher level medical care in case they need respirators and whatnot. And the point of that being is make it so the hospitals don't get overwhelmed like what's happened in other countries. So really what you need to be thinking about here. Is that if you are hiding your head in your in the sand, thinking that somehow miraculously things are going to get better just with the snap of the fingers, it's not going to happen. Best case scenario is they're thinking that this is going to not reach its peak until maybe third or fourth quarter of this year, and that we might not actually see any kind of um, antivirus, you know, any sort of vaccine for another year to 18 months. So there it is. Those are the facts. That's the new reality and the ramifications to the economy are going to be far-reaching and last for years the psychological impact from all of us living through this is going to last the less of the rest of our lives and it'll be then passed on to future generations because this being the ultimate existential threat what would be more you know this is it basically september 11th was a big one but for many people, it was just watching it on the news. They could only share in the feelings of it. And then there was a targeted enemy that we could go after. In this case, it's not going to be like that. In this case, it's going to be something that all of us are going to suddenly feel a little bit more fragile than we've ever felt before. As we see statistically, and this is the other thing that's scary, but they're expecting literally half of all Americans to... Um, have the coronavirus now. You might not have it, in, a, in beyond a you know a bad cold or elderly people or people with underlying health issues. Obviously, they're gonna you know high probability of passing away. Julie and I read s- uh, several reports uh, from the government. They're projecting that the deaths from the coronavirus in America could be between 1.5 and 2 million people. That is going to forever change how people interact with the government, how they interact with each other. You're going to see the emergence of uh, new business models, and, you know, EXP is a virtual real estate company, and they own a, a business called Verbella, which allows other businesses to go online and to have your own virtual company. That is a no-brainer. Our coaching business has always been virtual, um, and if you're listening to us now and you're, you know, have a normal bricks-and-mortar Business and you're worried about how you're going to pay your overhead, how you're going to make ends meet as we transition through this and as the economy takes a reset, this is the perfect time for you to take a hard look at EXP real estate. I mean, one of the reasons that Julie and I aligned with them over a year ago was because they had their virtual model, and we did, we thought that was attractive because our own business was virtual and we knew that you could save all kinds of money and have. Uh, essentially the ability to be more flexible as the economy changes if you don't have such high overhead. Well, EXP's model is the same. And as a result of that, um, they're going to be able to ebb and flow like no other. And we're expecting EXP as a company, and it just makes sense in a uh, housing market like this, and as an economic reset like this, EXP is going to go to the next level. So look, If you have a real estate brokerage, if you have a real estate team, if you're an individual agent and you're ready to have the conversation about EXP, we've made it simple for you. Just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. If you're ready to move forward and join EXP, just, you know what, text me directly at 512-758-0206. All right, Julie, on to our next point.
2: Yes, you got it. So point number six your social media should be positive, reassuring, and factual. Don't get involved in politics or opinions. Ask people to messenger you, for example, a Corona Survival Kit. Again, lots of examples of those for our premier coaching clients on the private Facebook page. But the point is, don't get sucked into the drama. A lot of what's out there isn't even factual. It's a guesstimate. It's the drama. There's really no place in your business or your life for that. It's just a dark hole. So. Really avoid that. One of the things that I'm enjoying right now, Tim, is what kids, what people are doing with their kids home from school. Lots of different creative ways to be learning the topics that the teachers are sending. A lot of people getting their kids outside a lot more than they used to. Um, You know, siblings playing with each other just different projects so that's kind of a nice positive thing to be tuned into but the point is keep it positive reassuring and factual to, to Anything that you want to add to
1: that well but to that point i'm really curious your opinion right i mean sure. we have a six-year-old she's in kindergarten mm-hmm. you know and i'm wondering now that you're starting to see the, the lessons that they're sending home for her to stay now granted she's just in kindergarten right how much time is it actually taking her to do the actual academic lessons every day
2: well, I think it takes an hour for me to reel her in to do it. Okay, <laughs> so you gotta take into effect some of that. Um, you know, like I, it's hard to gauge because it's just kindergarten. So right. for her, maybe an hour, two hours. Um, but I'm also finding that it's not just the assignment. It's like, like today she's learning about coins just because she can sort out a nickel from a dime. Doesn't mean she knows what money's all about. So I'm doing a lot of support videos and stuff like that. The, the kids that I, that I see from my friends, you know, posting that are struggling the most are like the 11th and 12th graders who aren't sure what their graduation is going to look like. If it's even this year or what grade they're going to be in next year. So I I see people being very supportive of each other on that type of thing. Well, but
1: my question is, and what's interesting to me, is I wonder how much time Zoe actually spends at school doing schoolwork and learning versus screwing around or getting ready to do schoolwork and learning. There's a
2: lot of recess time. There's a lot of recess
1: time. There's a lot of basically, you know... uh, it's basically well,
2: we're all being tested on our homeschool acumen.
1: But the, the point is, is I as we go through this and as parents start realizing that homeschooling because of the internet is indeed a viable option. Sure. For a long time, homeschools or like you know online universities mm-hmm. and all that, they were definitely seen as predatorial. and Especially they all the university part. right exactly. But maybe the reality of it. Well, what it was a Harvard basically closed? Forty plus universities around the, universe, around the United States That's closed, right. and they're all virtual. Well, Well, guys, that's going to change the paradigm because it's going to take Julie Harris and all these other people to realize, well, why the hell is my kid at school for eight hours a day, constantly bringing home various forms of the plague?
2: And so some of the chatter online also is, you know, if we're going to be doing all the homeschooling using all the online resources, many of which are free. If we know what topics to go after, then why are we all paying for schools and sort of that kind of conversation. And I think that's going on in college campuses as
1: yeah. well. And that's what needed to You know, to why happen? get
2: yourself into massive student loan debt, for example? But Is isn't that insane? Heavy? Yeah. Honestly.
1: I mean, you and I, when we, gra- now granted, you and I are, you know, not spring chickens anymore. But <laughs> you especially. Mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, I'm 50. But if you think back, you and I graduated or we got out of college, mm-hmm. you know, we had what? Almost $50,000 in student yeah. loan debt. back Back in
2: the ancient times
1: back right exactly you know (laughs) it's way worse now now we paid it off our first year we were in real estate but my point is is that what did we the insanity of it all it's crazy and that's and we went that was mostly from ohio state university which by the way is closed Mm -hmm. and and ohio state's basically cheap by comparison to a normal school i have coaching clients who are paying $100,000 to $150,000 a year for their kids' undergraduate degrees. And you got to ask yourself, does that even make sense? The way they rationalize it, of course, is the social contacts they're making. But I wonder if the social contacts they're making uh, are cannot just be made on an online campus. So I- here's the thing. These conversations are happening all over you know, the world, all over the United States. And I think people are really beginning to question some of the institutionalized way of thinking just because this has always happened the way it's happened does it make sense for it to continue to happen like that other things that are crazy i'll tell you this is the other thing what about like simple things like movie theaters I mean, what about the fact that you can't generally get first-run movies in movie theaters anymore? Why does that happen? Well, I know why. It's because the movie theaters are owned by the um, the people that make the movies, and there's all kinds of laws and things that have basically took place. I listened to a really interesting podcast about it. It's some of these things that go back to the 20s and the 30s, you know, with regards to why movie theaters are the way they are. But here's the question: After you go through this and you realize that essentially a movie theater is what it is, it's a place to watch a movie, obviously. Um, but it's also a great place to pass along various diseases is that really a place that people want to go anymore and why don't they just start doing first-run movies on TV Why can't you just start doing everything streaming why can't those types of conversations on a very base level but really from a working perspective this is the reason like look at um exp realty do you really need a real estate office do real estate agents even go into offices do you really need a place to have people press push paperwork when they can do it all online do customers buyers and sellers give a hoot whether you have a real estate office the answer is no they don't so why do agents and brokers still have real estate offices why do you do it? And if the answer is because that's the way it's always been done. Well, just because that's always the way it's always been done does not mean it always has to be done that way. And these times, unfortunately or fortunately, create an opportunity, maybe force people to actually rethink some of their own personal paradigms. I mean, Julie, what are you feeling? Uh, what, I mean, I'm curious from your perspective because you obviously have a ton of coaching clients and read different things than me. Where do you see yeah, perhaps well, the...
2: I think that now because it's happening all at once, it seems more radical. But I remember, you know, when we were doing real estate deals, the idea of, A, having a transaction coordinator, for example, that was radical. And now most of them do their processing online. You know, when we closed on our house in Puerto Rico, we did the entire closing online. So some of the things that took a while to get there because it was a new idea and people were trying out different systems, you know, that didn't seem as radical because you weren't dealing with it all at once. Now you've got, you know, showings and listings and appointments going somewhat virtual, but it's hitting you all at once and it's hitting everybody all at once. So I think that just the speed of it is making people freaked out a little bit. But if you think back, I mean, you and I can remember when, oh my God, the MLS was going online. It's online. It's virtual. You know, we're all going to be irrelevant. But now, you know, none of that's happening. Our discussion on Premier Coaching today was all about the fact that we're not going to have... Uh, no appointments, that your job isn't to hide out and worry. Your job is to change how you go about your appointments and to be flexible and to say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that versus saying, oh my God, everything's changing and you know it's going to hit the fan. I had so many reports from agents having their best months ever, their best quarters ever. And yes, there's been some hiccups and some cash deals that are having trouble, um, things of that nature, but it, it's not like this massive cascade. So... I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what I'm seeing from coaching calls today.
1: Yeah. And people are looking for, smart people are looking for short term opportunities to basically, you know, buy things at a discount. Frankly, I'm not seeing a lot of discounting going on now. And I don't think we're going to see any real discount. Like I had several people ask me what you and I are doing as far as investing. We're doing nothing, we're keeping our powder dry. There's too much uncertainty. Some people are saying, you know, rushing to buy stocks and all the rest of it. But I'm just not seeing any opportunities now. And you can't use the last 10 years as a benchmark for whether something's actually a value or a bargain in the stock market, just because what if the new, like, it's kind of like using, you know, in a real estate, before the real estate bubble crash, there were markets in uh, California where houses were selling for 650 750 and now those houses are, you know, 10 years, 12 years after the recovery, supposedly, they're still not selling for what they sold for back at the peak. So if you're using old comps like that and, that, and the same things, the same logic applies to you know, stocks and whatnot. So there's too much uncertainty. I'm not doing anything. Julie's not doing anything. We're just doubling well, down. We're
2: observing. We're not doing nothing. We're just watching yeah, it and right. seeing. Right And tracking. Well, we're doubling
1: down, too, on our business. We're doubling down on communicating with our clients and our members. We're doubling down on the podcast. We're doubling down on basically being of service to other people. We're doing exactly what we tell them to do. That's what we're Mm -hmm. doing. So it's not a big mystery. Julie and I aren't sitting around and thinking about, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to tell you about, and we're going to share it with you so you guys can do the same thing. And when we see that there's opportunities out there, when we perceive that the market's coming the way towards buying real estate at a discount, we're going to tell you are um, just again along those lines we talk with people back from our you know back from the distressed era and they're not telling me that they're seeing an influx of anything uh, no reos no short sales where you'll see that or when you'll see that might be a year from now um, some markets you're going to see more foreclosures and whatnot but it's not going to be some sort of big huge shift Because what happens is the government, and this is going to happen, I promise you guys, the government is going to say, if you have a, they're going to essentially encourage all banks to give everyone a mortgage payment holiday. They're going to do all kinds of direct intervention directly to consumers. And some of them are going to seem just ridiculous how far reaching they are, but that's what's going to happen. So, you know, in the near future, the government is going to do all kinds of things to help keep people's cash flow flowing because if people can't make their uh, you know, their electric bills, electric uh, cable bills, car payments, then you have a real problem. Then you have essentially a lot of defaults taking place. So where you're going to see the government intervention is making it so consumers basically can stay afloat. They're going to do that by direct cash payments to consumers, that so they can buy food and whatnot, and they're also going to do it by pressuring business not to basically hold people to their contracts and give people a bit of breathing room. It's going to become institutionalized that's what's going to be interesting one of the unintended consequences of all the government inter, um, intervention is that down the road years from now the expectation is is that you know what the government's going to bail me out you thought the bailouts uh, from 2007 through 2009 changed to say you just wait to see what happens now it's going to be like nothing we could ever possibly expect so point next point julie
2: Yes, I would agree with that. So next point we talked about a little bit. If you have kids home from school, and I do feel for you, we have one. If you've got multiple in different grades, I'm feeling it for you, okay? But if you've got that situation, <laughs> set their schedule the night before so you won't be scrambling to keep them busy while you're trying to work from home. There are tons of online sources, uh, resources in addition to what their teachers are sending. This is what homeschooling's like. Now you'll know if it's for you. So use the time to bond with your kids and set the example to, quote, keep calm and carry on. So we talked about that. Point number eight. Here's a big one. And we're looking at this for some property. Refinance your own property and or investment property. You'll probably not see rates this low ever again. So while you've got the time to crank out that paperwork or to update your paperwork, get your refis done. You'll be so glad you did. This is a great example of, you know, months from now, certainly years from now, looking back saying, hey, Thanks, past Tim and Julie, for yeah. getting that 3.5% rate. That's pretty killer. And
1: rates are probably going to go down again. Yes. So the move might be just to get the paperwork in place. We told you be guys ready to this. Count. We told you guys this yesterday that there's a good reason to believe the whole mortgage industry is going to be clogged up soon. So get your application in and just sort of see where the rates go. Just lock the rate. Uh, yeah. Lock, well, yeah, lock the rate, but make it so that if you, for example, if rates go down, you can, you know, take advantage of a lower yeah. rate. It's definitely going to happen. It's it, it, This is going to be like from a seller's perspective, you know, Julie's going to get to these points. You did get to points specifically about like how to get keep sellers on track and buyers on track, right?
2: But yes, we'll talk about that. Okay, so next Some point. Some of that might be
1: tomorrow, but all yes. Right, sorry.
2: <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so you knew you would hear it eventually. Point number nine, prospect expires. For sale by owners, new construction, everyone is home. Get serious about your scripts and the results that you can be getting. You guys, typically when you're busy, you have all these excuses. Nobody's at home. You're on appointments. You got to go to a closing. You got to show property. Guess what? You're stuck at home most of your day now. So get one of these new spokes ramped up. And related to that is point number 10. Get your probate spoke going with alltheleads.com Harris. Because All the Leads, that's a probate program. It's been proven. We like them. We've got lots of coaching clients that are doing that. But their um, training takes, I think it's like three online sessions where you got to be in front of your computer, sit there, learn how probate works, and then you can get going on their system. So now's a great opportunity to do that. And again, this all probably should have been one point. Point number 11, get your CE credit done online, right? So get some of that stuff done that you say you never have time to do where you're always in the time crunch you know, maybe that's uh, for some of your CRMs, you guys have to do some training. So crank out some of that work.
1: By the way, yeah. we do teach you guys about probate. We do teach you guys about shorts. I'm sorry about doing BPOs, which is Julius about to mention. We do teach you about all these ways of making money in sitting in front of your computer, not being out and about worrying about whether or not you're going to get the coronavirus. Yeah. And if you're in a community like is happening across the country where they have curfews or you're just, you know, essentially they're on lockdown, you're not going to be able to go and conduct business as normal. So you're going to want to desperately figure out how to basically make money doing BPOs and things like that. That is part of our coaching program. The probate thing that Julie just told you about, Mm -hmm. um, that is fantastic. You should definitely all be doing probate. Probate is one of the best, easiest ways to make money in this market and the the market that's coming. So make sure that if you're interested in knowing about that, go to alltheleads.com forward slash Harris, or just simply... Um, text the word Harris H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996 text the word Harris H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996 we'll text you back a link and the link's going to then take you to six or seven books that you can download which by the way this is a great time to catch up on your reading those books are free if you've not read our best-selling book, it's just on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and every major bookseller called Harris Rules. Make sure you get that book as well. Um, so, again, use this opportunity to get your education on. Next point, Jules.
2: That's right. And for existing Premier Coaching clients, that means you guys, we have so many coaching calls and all kinds of great content just waiting for you guys. Not just these podcasts, but if you're already a coaching client. Get caught up on what you know you need to do. And and by the way, Tim, on the Premier Coaching site, we're posting lots of updates like new language and new clauses and yep. stuff like that to keep them up to date. Um, NAR has some talks about like if you're going to ask um, somebody if they've been traveling to a foreign country because you're afraid of them sneezing on you, you have to ask all of your clients that to avoid you know, for housing or something like that. Well, so I we're just, keeping them updated. I read, read
1: an article, actually. I just read it to you prior to the call. They're starting to do screening like that at every major airport. So if you've done uh, any kind of travel recently, you're gonna probably be sequestered and they're probably gonna basically do a health check on you and they're gonna be doing all kinds of different verifications to make sure you're not bringing in the plague, you know, bringing in coronavirus. So there's gonna be, look, we just all have to work together and we have to be patient. We have to understand this is uncharted waters for certainly our country, but the entire world. And this is an opportunity for you to shine. This is an opportunity for you to allow yourself to rise to the level of being a leader. The way you do that is you where you reach out to folks, you offer to be of service, you offer to be of help. What you don't do is you don't get on Facebook and start basically adding to some of the crazy conspiracy theories and starting to politicize all this. Just do not talk about politics. Look, guys, if you are so entrenched in the idea that the coronavirus is not a real threat to you know, Western civilization, because in many ways it is, I'm not saying it's going to be the bubonic plague. But what I'm saying is a lot of our preconceived notions about what it means to be an American, they're going to change just like they did after September 11th, just like they did after the, you know, real estate recession or depression, right? And if you're not getting that, if you're so mired in your head about essentially political politicizing it or conspiracy theories, I'm sorry to say this, but you're just not doing being human very well. You know, you're not doing the whole human thing for worth a damn. You need to realize that for a lot of people, this really is scary. This really is going to create undue hardship on themselves. I'm not just talking about, stop talking about what the actual effects of the flu are or the virus is going to be don't focus on that you're focused on the wrong thing focused on all the economic damage that's already happening as a result of the governments around the world trying to contain this thing that's what the real where the real pain is going to come from I'm not saying people aren't going to physically suffer because they are and you unfortunately might be one of them and you might unfortunately know somebody that dies because of it don't wrap your head up around essentially whether or not it's a this much percent, you know, worse than this or this. That's just a bunch of, that's ridiculous that you would even think about that. Look at what's actually happening. Look at the real human effect. And honestly, guys, you got to stay away from the politics on Facebook. I, I see coaching clients, names I recognize, who are on Facebook having these debates about just all kinds of silliness, which you all don't realize, or maybe you're not taking into consideration, is that you're now broadcasting a set of beliefs about yourself, which are not ever going to go away. And people are going to hold those against you. People are going to remember how you reacted. So if you have a center of influence or a past client person that is, you know, reading something that you wrote, and you're saying that their fear is unfounded and you're making them trying to minimize how they're feeling or the effects that they're concerned that's going to have on their family or maybe a month from now the effects it is having on their family and you're in their minds minimizing that. You think those people are going to want to do business with you? This is where real estate people have the opportunity to really rise to being true leaders in the industry that we all purport ourselves to be. You guys like to fake being leaders by doing your YouTubes and your, you know, your whatever, Instagrams and all these other things that you guys want to do to make yourselves look successful. There's a great quote, and it's definitely a mindset that Julie and I approach don't try to make yourself successful, make the work and the results that you provide. To others, the success—not yourself—but the results you get for others. That's how we approach things. That's the reason Julie and I are not these big raw, raw types. Because at the end of the day, that stuff is just nothing more than a caffeine shot to the ego. What you really want is you really want to have people in your life that are going to be leaders that are going to tell you right from you know wrong and help you give give you the enough of uh, the information so you can discern your own uh, opinion. And then direct you in such a way that you're then gonna have the confidence to be of service to other people. That's what we're hoping to be for you. But we're hoping to be that for you for obviously our own self interest, but we're also hoping that you're gonna be that way, modeling what we're doing for you for other people. That's ultimately our goal with doing a series of po- podcasts on coronavirus and doing the series of podcasts on the effect on housing. Julie, do you wanna squeeze in another point?
2: Yeah, these are all pretty easy. And, you know, point number 12 has to do with your routine. Send five handwritten cards per day to your database, your friends, your family, professional centers of influence. This is, a, this is like taking your vitamins. Most people are feeling a bit disconcerted right now because you've been thrown off of your normal schedule. Now, of course, that assumes that you follow a regular schedule, but that's a different podcast, okay? But uh, at, at some level, I mean, you, you have been thrown off your schedule. So create a dollar productive schedule. One of the things that'll get your head screwed on straight is write five handwritten cards per day to somebody from your database. Reach out to somebody. Maybe you've got a a loved one in a nursing home. They need to know that you're thinking of them. You can't go and visit, so you might as well send them a card. Okay, so point number 13, end your day with meditation, exercise, or listening to your favorite music. Watch movies that you've missed. Stay off of the news. So get a new routine in place and keep your head screwed on straight. Point number 14, go on a walk, do yoga. Pilatesanytime.com is a great website that I use or other online exercise. You'll be, you know, some of these are live. You can kind of feel like you're in the class and get your routine back. But the point is take good care of your mindset so that you can take good care of everyone else.
1: Yeah, Julie and I are going through gym withdrawal because our gym's closed. Yeah. All you guys with Pelotons were very jealous. I'm just going to throw it out yeah, there. That's right. So listen, guys, here's the bottom line. The greatest fortunes, and look, some of you guys are going to say, Tim, what are you talking about money? Because it's with the money that you can make an impact. When you have a fortune, when you have, first of all, when you are rich, where your money is working for you, you no longer have to work for your money, then when things like this happen, you don't have to actually, essentially, be washed under. You, And I mean physically, financially, and emotionally. You can actually be there to help other people and pull them out of the undercurrent. That's the whole point, or one of the greatest motivators of all you should be having, to be rich. Because if you don't have to worry about money anymore then you can actually be of service to a higher level to other people there's that but also if you have enough net worth you can then have a direct impact on other people's lives when you choose to in a meaningful way and we're going to be talking about opportunities for you to do that in your community and upcoming shows but here's really the bottom line when you see an opportunity to help somebody if you're at the grocery store and you see somebody that's basically scraping it together trying to put their grocery order together you pay their damn grocery bill if you can okay cover them help them out do whatever it takes help your neighbors the way to do this is start start immediately with your family julian i always say it's in our book put your mask on first don't look for I mean, there's a lot of different philosophers that sure. said this if you know you want to bring peace in the world start with your own home and that really does matter you know uh make your own bed basically. start with that. start small. Where are you not taking care of yourself and your family? Start there and many of you will stop there and that's perfectly fine. If all you do is take care of your immediate family and make sure everyone is feeling safe and secure and healthy, good job. You've done the right thing. Now for some of you, you're going to want to take it beyond and that and go to the next level because you can afford to. And in those cases, look for your immediate community, your neighbors. You don't need to join some big national movement where you're going to announce that you're part of some big thing. Start with going and maybe picking up some groceries for your neighbor, or start by doing some different things to be of service to the people in your church, synagogue, or mosque. Start small, stay small. That's the essence of America. That's what drew us all together, is a sense of community, and that's what will always keep us strong. What I'm looking forward to, what I'm hoping and I'm honestly praying happens, is the worst of man does not come as a result of this. What we start seeing is the best of Americans. after september 11th where all of a sudden this coronavirus causes all of us to come together as a nation again where all these ridiculous things that we've been arguing and bickering over that have caused this tribalism to take place in our country All those things go away, or at least those things are seen for what they are, which is absolute insanity. And we return to basically the sense of unity that is necessary. You know, you guys are looking for your tribes. That's what you're doing. You're looking for a sense of belonging. And I get the fact that psychologically it's incredibly hard right now because so many of you guys are isolated. I mean you might just be a bit by yourself or one other person and your dog in your apartment and you're not supposed to leave your apartment you're not all the places you go and the people you're connected with you're not seeing them a couple days past no big deal a couple months past you're gonna start getting weird aren't you and so you're gonna start looking for people to connect with online you're gonna start looking for you know people that are gonna maybe make you uh, fulfill that sense of community make sure you're attaching yourself to the right people Make sure you're attaching to people that are elevating you and not making you live more in fear and making your world smaller. That's going to be a personal challenge for all of us because it is very easy to get pulled into the drama. That's what the news is all about. It's about the drama. It's about the fear. And once you basically succumb to the drama and the fear, you lose control of yourself and you're highly manipulatable. So I strongly encourage you guys to take the take a breath, realize that we're all going to get through this because we will. And then during this time where there's a great deal of need if you have the ability to be of service to other people. And if you don't have the ability, just at least be of service to your immediate family and take care of your immediate needs. Um, And don't do it at the cost of other people. How you act now will be remembered forever. How you think, how you behave, how you communicate. Be very careful that you don't allow yourself to succumb to your darker tendencies, which all of us have. Hopefully this makes sense, guys. So we're going to... Are we done with this topic? Or are we going to do it again?
2: Uh, no, this this is the end of this part, but tomorrow we're going to talk about some of the objections that they're starting to the hear. The scripts and, and whatnot. The scripts and how to handle them. Yep. You know, I, I want to keep it as a rental. I want to take a break. All of right. those things that you're starting to hear. And please don't expect to hear that from every last listing. You're no. just going to hear it now and then. And you need to be able to deal with it, keep your listings active be able to handle your buyers' questions, and we're going to talk about all that tomorrow.
1: And we need to talk to them about basically tidying up their lender letters. We need to oh, talk yeah. to them about...
2: Things to be careful. Be cautious. careful.
1: We need to talk to them about... Because okay. what your guys are going to start hearing is a combination of you know holiday objections mixed with a little bit of you know those types of things. And the buyers are going to... So all the types of things you're going to hear are always happening during a buyer's market, but really gonna happen in earnest during a quickly changing market. So we're gonna give you some scripts and some tactics and some practical, tactual things that you can do to keep your business um, on track. And here's a little secret. Some of the some of you are getting it. You're realizing what holy crap those Fisbos that have been selling themselves in my market are not going to be able to sell themselves anymore. I, I'm going to start calling those for sale by owners because they're going to be a little bit less um, self-assured that they'll be able to sell themselves. Yeah. You're going to see lots of agents that don't know how to reposition their houses on the market to correctly reflect the market's expectations, i.e., lowering the price. You're going to see a lot of expireds. You're going to see a lot of opportunity everywhere for those of you who are willing to learn how to be of service to other people in this market who aren't just. Based basically going to go hide underneath your staircase and waiting for the clouds to clear. Guys, they're never going to clear, not in the sense that you think. It's never going to go back to the way it was. It never does. That's not how life works. If you need us for anything, obviously you can text me anytime at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Please do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star review. That helps us to help other people because what happens is iTunes then starts promoting your podcast to other people that that they think might also be interested in listening. So if there's ever anything we can do for you guys, always, always ask. And remember, guys, we're going to get through this. We'll get through this as a community. Just be careful who you align yourself with because it'll have a direct reflect on the results you get for the rest of your life. Have a fantastic day.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs,